This is Film Podcast. Film Podcast. Film Podcast. The official podcast of Film Book. Get ready for the latest in film news, TV show news, and theatrical reviews. Film Book's podcast starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Bookcast, the official podcast of Film Book. My name is Chris Banks. If you're tuning in for the first time, what I do on Film Bookcast, I discuss the latest film and TV show news. I also review an in-theater film sometimes. You can find more about Film Bookcast on film-book.com by using the search term Film Bookcast. You can also email us at podcast at film-book.com with Film Bookcast in the subject line. Let's jump right into it this week. This week in movie news, now let's check out some film news from this week. Exciting news for cinemas is John Wick Chapter 4 had the best opening weekend of any franchise. It continues to shine, passing a huge box office milestone in week 2. It already passed huge box office milestones before the end of its second weekend, but the film, which opened March 24th, Chapter 4 has so far continued that trend with the highest grossing opening weekend of, of the franchise. It's amazing that the second weekend, the film also crossed over the $100 million milestone on its way to $122 million in its combined earnings. The success of John Wick 4 comes smack dab in the middle of an incredibly strong run for the box office in March. Even Scream 6 creeped up to close to a $100 million mark. It's a very exciting, very hopeful. Some more exciting film news that came out this week. Shang-Chi stars Samu Liu, Shang-Chi getting a part two. The film did debut during the pandemic, but it was one of the highest grossing films of 2021. The sequel has already been greenlit, but there's been no updates for quite some time. Speaking to Collider this week, Shang-Chi star gave an exciting update saying part two is going to explore new sides of his character, and he hopes that Michelle Yu will be brought back. He said going into the sequel feels exciting. It doesn't necessarily feel like there's a pressure to perform or a pressure to succeed. It feels like we've established a world and there's something really nostalgic and exciting about returning to that world that we've spent so much time ideating on and thinking about. And then we're getting to revisit some things, but also show the viewer new thing. We'll deliver all the amazing action that we celebrated for in the first movie, but also hopefully explore new sides of Sean's character and the characters around him. He ended with that is, of course, if we can still afford Michelle Yu, as she's one of the top in the world and just the queen of everything. Exciting news for fans of Shang-Chi. Count me one of them. The last bit of film news we'll talk about this week. Any fans of Lilo and Stitch out there? Disney's remaking it as a live-action film. We got an update this week that the remake took a big step forward as Maya... Aloha has been tapped to play the Hawaiian girl who adopts a titular alien as her pet and tries to keep him safe from extraterrestrial threats. Disney didn't confirm the casting, but exciting news for fans of Lilo and Stitch, as it's exciting to learn a little bit of what's to come in the remake and the live-action version of Lilo and Stitch. That's it for movie news from this week. Let's switch up gears and check out some TV news from this week. Fans of the 2010 film Megamind can be excited as the Megamind sequel TV show finally got some kind of update this week. New advertisement in Kids Screen Magazine reveals that the release date window for the Megamind TV series is sometime in 2024, although the exact release date is still unknown. We'll keep up with news about the Megamind TV show, as I know fans have been waiting for 
some kind of update regarding the series, and thankfully, Peacock gave us one. Another piece of exciting TV news. Man, production works fast. I can't believe that The Last of Us Season 2 is already set to begin filming in Vancouver. Like Dune 2 that I can't believe is already done and edited, the second season of The Last of Us has its sights set on Vancouver, Canada as one of HBO show's major filming locations. Based on the popular PlayStation video game of the same name, the, the TV show this year took the world by storm. It was praised by both critics and audiences. It set a new viewership record with its premiere episode, which automatically prompted HBO to renew the show for a second season. The choice to film The Last of Us Season 2 in Vancouver means that I don't think the upcoming story will diverge from the source material that much, because Season 1 was really more of a direct adaptation from the 2013 release of The Last of Us. And it's left behind downloadable content. I think season two, and according to Screen Rant, season two is set to cover the 2020 award-winning PlayStation 4 sequel, part two. Although part two didn't feature Vancouver as a location in the game, its placement in the Pacific Northwest corresponds with a major sequel setting. Part two found Ellie traveling to Seattle in search of a group that attacked her. Of course, because production is just beginning, details are not being released, and I'm sure they're going to keep them under wraps, but we'll keep up with news about The Last of Us season two. The last bit of TV news we'll talk about this week, the long-awaited third season of Demon Slayer has finally been confirmed for a U.S. release. The long-awaited third season of Demon Slayer has been confirmed to debut in the U.S. on April 9th, so fans can be excited as they'll be able to catch it very soon. That's it for TV news. Now let's check out some international entertainment news from this week. The long-awaited film from Martin Scorsese and Apple TV, Killers of the Flower Moon, is set to debut at the Keynes Film Festival on Saturday, May 20th. It's one of the year's most anticipated films. And the picture will play in the official selection, but it's not clear yet whether it will play in the competition. We'll find that out in mid-April. Another piece of interesting international news, a film titled The Prisoner in His Palace will look at Saddam Hussein's last months. It's one of the first projects to emerge from the first look deal between Fremantle and Sinestra, which was launched by Chernobyl director Johan Rennick. Based on the book The Prisoner in His Palace, Saddam Hussein, His American Guards, and What History Leaves Unsaid, the movie tells the story of the last months of the former Iraqi dictator's life in an account from a dozen U.S. soldiers who were guarding him. The book was woven, the book was woven from multiple first-hand accounts and explores the two very different Husseins coexisting in one prison, in one person, the defiant tyrant who used torture and murder as tools, and a shrewd but contemplative prisoner who exhibits surprising affection, dignity and courage in the face of looming death. The film, with his fearless examination of the paradox that was Saddam Hussein, while not shying away from the profound cruelty of his regime, will usher in an unsettling intimacy with the perplexing real human being behind the specter. The last bit of international news we'll talk about this week, a new documentary titled The Rise of Wagner, looks at this paramilitary group, the Wagner Group, who many believe is a de facto private army of the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. It's getting its world premiere at the Hot Docks in Canada on May 1st, and the film follows Russian journalists and international investigators on the, on the dangerous quest for truth. They speak with relatives of the Wagner groups and reveal that the shadowy army takes direct orders from the Kremlin. One focus is the beheading of the Syrian detainee Mohammed Taha al-Ismail, whose killing is being brought before the courts. 
The trailer begins with a story of Russian journalists killed in the Central African Republic. That's it for international entertainment news from this week. Now let's check out some film trailers from this week. Director Adrian Grunberg is the Black Demon. Oilman Paul Sturge's idyllic family vacation turns into a living nightmare when they encounter a gigantic megalodon shark that will stop at nothing to protect its territory. Stranded and under attack, Paul and his family must somehow find a way to get back to shore alive before it strikes again. The Black Demon will come out April 28th, and it's based on a Mexican legend. looks really good. Another film trailer that debuted this week comes from Wes Anderson as Asteroid City. It takes place in a fictional American desert town circa 1955. The itinerary of Junior Stargazer's Space Cadet Convention is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. Check out the trailer for Asteroid City. It'll be in theaters June 16th. And the last trailer we'll talk about this week comes from Ari Aster, you know, the mind behind Hereditary Midsummer and so many others. The film is titled Bo is Afraid. Joaquin Phoenix plays a son that from his darkest fears comes the greatest adventure. It looks like a crazy love child. Check out Bo is Afraid. It'll be in theaters April 14th. That's it for movie trailers. This week in TV trailers, the fifth and final season of Mayans MC. The premiere will include the first two episodes of the 10-episode final season, with one new episode following each week. It follows the life of Ezekiel E.Z. Reyes, the president of the Mayans MC Charter on the Cali-Mexican border. Once a golden boy with the American dream in his grasp, E.Z. has now risen to lead his brother Angel and Santo Padre MC in a bloody war against their rivals, Sons of Anarchy. Check out the trailer for the fifth and final season of, of Mayans MC. It'll debut on FX May 24th. Another trailer that debuted this week, finally, we got the White House Plumbers trailer from HBO. Woody Harrelson plays E. Howard Hunt and Justin Thoreau plays Gordon Liddy as they plot Nixon's presidential re-election after being hired to do whatever it takes to secure his win. The miniseries is scheduled to debut May 1st and check out the trailer now. The last TV trailer this week comes from Prime Video. It's their highly anticipated action thriller, action thriller Citadel. It debuts April 28th, and the series, the trailer, looks like the series is promising to be an action-packed, pulse-pounding, but also a romantic entanglement kind of story. Check out the trailer for Citadel. It'll debut on Amazon Prime April 28th. All right, time for this week's movie review. For this week's movie review, we're going to talk about Champions, directed by Bobby Farley. A former minor league basketball coach receives a court order to manage a team of players with intellectual disabilities. Despite his doubts, he soon realizes that together, they can go further than anyone ever imagined. Woody Harrelson plays Marcus, Caitlin Olsen is in the film, and all sorts of first-time actors are in the film. Uh, Ernie Hudson's in the film. There's the, the players are really the stars of the movie, and a lot of them, this is their first film. So Madison Tevlin, Kevin, Ian Nuki, Casey Metcalf, Matt Cook, Ashton Gunning, Matthew Von Der A. I just wanted to mention the, the actors because it's a very important uh, thing. But the film uh, is a really heartwarming, inspiring tale of, you know, it's a coming-of-age story, but it's also an old-school sports kind of story. The underdogs, you know, the the best stuff of cinema housed within the story of Champions, which is what makes the movie so heartwarming. You know, I've always been a fan of the underdog sport movie, and Champions is really a, a unique way to do a story like this. Woody does a really great job grounding uh the character because he plays a you know a basketball coach who has you know nba aspirations and he's very good but he's underutilized he's underemployed and he does something that ends up 
getting him in court and he has to do community service and he has to for his community service he coaches a team with intellectual disabilities i don't really like using intellectual disabilities as a means as a vehicle for comedy you know that's not something that i really appreciate at all so the way the champions uh, uses the story of a person going to coach a team of kids with disabilities that's what makes it so more powerful because the story's written it's actually adapted from a book written by javier fesser and david marquis titled campiones so the way that they adapted the actual screenplay is what makes champions so good i think because they don't really use the disability component of an individual as being what's funny. It's just that the story that they're telling th uh, through the people that are in the movie who have certain disabilities um, both allow for a story to be told that's heartwarming and inspiring, but also allows us as, allows us as an audience to laugh. And that's really what makes Champion so unique and such really a feat of Bobby Farley and Woody Harrelson and everybody associated with the movie because they did it in such a respectful, tasteful, good way that made the movie a very, very fun time. I hope that these kids act in other stuff because they did a great job in their individual characters. Everybody, all the, everybody on the team has its own has their own individual personality and the movie does a great job going through each person to see uh you know what their strong suits are their passions you know their individuality it shines in the movie and my favorite scene of the movie is really the end of the movie you know the very very end when the credits roll probably people who went to the cinema didn't even stay around to see it but it's it shows just how fun that set was, you know, just how great the camaraderie between all the actors became because the credit scene is like the greatest display of their, of everybody on the cast's individuality and, you know, everybody has their own passions and the movie does a great job highlighting them. And Woody does a great job, you know, playing the disgruntled coach and there's a, there's a love story within Champions between he and Caitlin Olsen, who plays Alex. The relation between Alex and her brother Johnny is inspiring. Ernie Hudson plays the coach that Woody was fired by, and he does a great job. The way the movie ends is inspiring and good. They wrap it up very well. And it's not the kind of movie that you think it is when you see the trailer. It's actually an extremely heartwarming, good film. And it was made with love and Everybody on the cast put so much care and dedication and time into their individual roles that I walked away from Champions really with a, a genuine heartwarming feeling. And I hope you do as well if you watch Champions. And I think it's still in cinemas. I think it's also on video on demand. I'm not too sure about that. And I hope you like it as much as I did. Thanks so much for checking us out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Book Cast. You can find more of my work on film-book.com. Just search for Chris Banks or Film Book Cast. You can also find me on Twitter at C Banksy, S-E-E Banksy. I'm also on Instagram at the Chris Banks. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes or another podcast service, please rate and review this episode. 
If you're listening to this podcast on our YouTube channel, Film Book Podcast, please like our video, subscribe to our channel, and leave us a comment in the comment section. It really helps people discover our podcast. Please also consider becoming one of our patrons on patreon.com slash filmbook. Your support helps us create more engaging content. You'll find our Patreon link below in the description. If you want to tweet about this podcast, just use the hashtag filmbookcast. Tune in next week for the next episode of the Film Book Cast. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you then.